back home. It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. This week's news is about the most abundant element in the universe, hydrogen. Hydrogen is the lightest element with an atomic number of one. Its name derives from the French root hydrogène, which means water generating, because when hydrogen is burned with oxygen, over 99% of the emissions are simply water vapor. Hydrogen has been used by NASA to launch rockets for decades, in large part because its high heat generation and small ignition energy requirements make it great for a hot, lean burn. Today, hydrogen is on a short list of alternative fuels for our cars and trucks as a possible replacement for fossil fuels. Converting our engines to run on hydrogen instead of gas is attractive for many reasons, including the fact that hydrogen-fueled engines are virtually pollution-free. Hydrogen is produced from plain water using electrolysis or sending an electrical charge into the water. Hydrogen can be generated from solar electric systems, from wind electric plants, from hydroelectric plants, or from conventional power plants. This means hydrogen can be produced for fuel independently of our imported oil supplies. Since hydrogen has all these good points, the question arises as to why it's not used all the time instead of gasoline. The first problem was with burning the hydrogen in a conventional engine. Because of its inclination to immediately explode upon compression, hydrogen will cause severe pre-ignition in an unmodified engine. Early research found that an external mix of hydrogen into the intake manifold, special spark plugs, and a water injection system could work together to produce a well-running engine. But then it was discovered that a simple rotary engine, like Mazda's rotary engine, was very well suited for the unusual burning characteristics of hydrogen. In fact, a rotary engine's specific power output using hydrogen fuel was found to be only about 10% less than that of gasoline. So, engines aren't the problem anymore. The other major obstacle has been the storage of hydrogen fuel. Since hydrogen is 15 times lighter than air, it's only useful in a concentrated form. Compressing hydrogen in the conventional manner helps some but even at over 4,000 pounds per square inch, it still lacks the concentrated energy of liquid fuels. Supercooling hydrogen to below minus 400 degrees will do the trick, turning hydrogen to a liquid, but keeping it that cold is obviously not practical. Now, attention is turning to a new technology called metal hydride storage where hydrogen gas is integrated into the crystalline structure of an alloy as a hydride. In simpler terms, hydrogen can be, in effect, forced into alloys of titanium, vanadium, and manganese, stored there in a very concentrated form, and then released as needed by applying heat to the alloy. Hydride storage tanks for hydrogen fuel are still heavier than gasoline tanks, but researchers are closing the gap. More information on hydrogen is available from Back Home Magazine.
Our phone number is 800-992-2546, or we're on the web at backhomemagazine.com. News from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, I'm Ryan Doyle. Thanks for listening. And you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Okay, I have actually written an editorial, and it worked out really good because it has to do with hydrogen fuels. Plug-in hybrids, the new focus for the future of transportation. Recently, there has been a lot of interest in the concept of the plug-in hybrid vehicle, or PHEV. I've been literally researching this concept, well, for my whole life. Over this time, there have been major improvements in the basic components, such as the batteries, the continuous variable transmission, or CVT, and computer control technology in vehicles. As a result, the technology is now ready for introduction to the mass market by the major car companies. I expect that the public will now begin to demand this type of vehicle now that they have finally realized that, well, the hydrogen economy won't happen in less than 30 to 50 years, if at all. The reason is there is no infrastructure for the efficient creation of hydrogen and the transport of hydrogen will be a problem forever. So that's my little editorial. So. Yeah, so you said you've been researching it for your whole life. I just envision you as a two-year-old looking at blueprints and trying to piece them together. Making elect- making gasoline from water? Yeah. <clears throat> I was probably trying to do that as a two-year-old. But let's hit some happenings. I was afraid there wouldn't be enough happenings, but it turns out there are tons. Well, first, the Senate has overwhelmingly voted to renew the Patriot Act. Do you agree with them? Well, this is the latest poll question on the Southern Illinois Online. So if you go to thesouthern.com, you can vote on it, and then they usually print it in the newspaper. So have an opinion, vote on it, and let other people know what your opinion is. You mean we shouldn't just keep opinions to ourselves and quietly wonder about them well people say that you shouldn't but i don't know i kind of like opinions even if i don't agree with them yeah it depends on the opinion you know if i really don't like the color blue then there's no need for me to argue with people about that but Mm, why not if lives are in the balance we may as well discuss it so let's try to do this chronicologically we always mess it up um the free film friday screening and discussion today's march 10th So, it is tonight at 7 p.m. is Clear Cut. Friday, March 10th at 7 p.m. at 214 North Washington Street in Carbondale, which is the Big Muddy Independent Media Center, screens Clear Cut with discussion led by local environmental activist John Wallace to follow. 
One thing's for sure about ClearCut. It certainly doesn't pull any punches. Directed by Polish immigri, uh let's see, Richard Bogoski, the movie focuses on a white lawyer's radicalization at the hands of an Indian militant who kidnaps the head of a paper mill trying to destroy Native American lands. So, I have seen this. This movie is intense. Now you can talk. Yes, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I hope to see it tonight. <coughs> so, and we have other happenings, too, coming up. The This coming Sunday... He's actually reading this out of the new Big Muddy... Yes, the new Muddy Media, Independent Media for Southern Illinois. It's a, it's a, a new revived edition of the newspaper that the Big Muddy IMC puts out. And if you want to write, you can, let's see, email paper at bigmuddyimc.org. Send in your articles, and there will be another issue. Yes, another issue coming out soon. Um, the last one's actually pretty much quit happening because there wasn't enough people writing. People quit writing, and there wasn't enough content, and so the newspaper kind of languished. But people have revived and are starting to write again. So Yes, so your writing and your support can keep it alive. Yep. So, so in the happening section of yes, the, the happening section of the muddy media. We've got a bunch of good happenings. There's the uh, at six PM this coming Sunday, you can show up and be the media. March's meetings will be held on the twelfth and the twenty sixth. If you want to make a difference but aren't sure how aren't sure how, this could be the group you're looking for. Uh, oh, and that's at the Big Muddy IMC. It's at 214 North Washington in Carbondale. And I don't know. I have just happenings for next weekend. It's like next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend is the third anniversary of the beginning of the Iraq War. Um, the Peace Coalition has actually had a peace vigil every Saturday at Downtown Pavilion. Yes, and they're having a, a specific vigil on the, um, the this coming, not not tomorrow, but the following Saturday. Friends and members of the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois will mark the third anniversary of the start of the war in Iraq on Saturday, March 18, 2006, with a march and rally calling for the rapid withdrawal of troops from Iraq and an end to the war. Supporting organizations will begin marching from Turley Park, the Interfaith Center on South Illinois Avenue and the Marine Recruiting Station on East Walnut in Carbondale at 11.30 a.m. They will march from these places and participants will proceed together to the Town Square Pavilion where a rally with speakers and music will begin at 12.30 p.m. So that's uh, for sponsors of the event are the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois, the Shawnee Green Party, the Student Environmental Center, and Students for Peace and Democracy. For further information on this, you can contact Georgia Ann Hartzog at 893-4973 or E.G. Hughes at 549-1409. And guess what? I think we all can be sponsors by showing up, well, every Saturday at the Peace Vigil. It's downtown at the Pavilion from noon to 1 o'clock. So this is actually from an article in um, this week's Nightlife. Is a referendum meaningful? The prospective Murfreesboro Walmart Supercenter land annexation question. After some uncertainty, the referendum on whether the city of Murfreesboro should annex the land along County Club Road and Route 13, where Walmart wants to build a new supercenter, has definitely put on the ballot for Tuesday, 
March 21st. Now here's a quote. People who will vote are not the people who live in the annexed area. They cannot vote. Well, because the annexed area is actually currently out of the city of Murfreesboro. So only members of the city of Murfreesboro can vote on this issue. So people who live in the annexed area, they weren't asked to sign a petition to have the referendum. They have no voice at all. This is Jean Basante, Friends for Fair Growth. If you have more, want more information about this issue, Friends for Fair, no, let's see, friendsfairgrowth.org. And we will try to have some on next week to talk about this issue. Yes, and that seems kind of strange to me, you know, that the people who would be, you know, have their area included as part of Murfreesboro do not get a say in whether or not that happens. <laughs> yeah. It seems very, very peculiar. And there was actually um, a thing on the news that very much a very scare tactic. I saw a thing on Channel 12 News about essentially the whole news um, broadcast was a, was about one line item for a group from a flyer from a group of people who are pushing to get Walmart into Murfreesboro. And the line said, taxes will raise 46% if this Walmart is not put in. Um, that's what it's insinuated. But it wasn't clear in the fact that this is if they close the old Walmart, taxes will have to raise to make up for the old Walmart. And Walmart is not talking about closing the old Walmart. They are talking about building a new one and then closing the old Walmart. So it's, you know, it's, unclear. It's like putting the chicken before the egg, it seems like to me. <laughs> Eggs, chickens, okay. So um, I would like to... In Welcome. We have a guest here, Charlie Howe. Thank you. Um, I guess you are here for two issues. One of them was because of the press release we received from Green Earth. I understand you're on the board. That's correct, Or. Um, what is Green Earth? And I don't know. I know very little about them except they buy property to have, well, Green Earth. Exactly. <clears throat> green Earth tries to preserve and protect green spaces around Carbondale. And so far, we have five preserves around the city. And our preserve on North Oakland next to the cemetery, called Green Earth 2, has a chance to buy and double its size with another wedge-shaped parcel of woods that's between Ready Mix Road and our present preserve. In order to acquire this, though, we have applied to Illinois Clean Energy Community Foundation, and they are willing to back us on the purchase, and we've already agreed with the purchase price with the seller, provided we get community support. So that's why I'm here this morning. I'm appealing to all you folks out there listening this morning to help Green Earth make true this dream of enlarging the preserve on North Oakland. If you're one who likes walking in the woods and you live in the northwest section of town, this is a great place to go to get away from it all, to walk your dog, enjoy a little bit of nature. And you can help us by sending a contribution to Green Earth at Post Office Box 441. That's in Carbondale. And the zip is 62903. Now, it's only going to take a small portion of funds from the community to make this come to pass. 
Clean Energy Foundation will match every dollar we raise here in the Carbondale area for Green Earth with $15. So this is a huge multiplier, and we do need your help. Again, Post Office Box 441 in Carbondale, zip 62903. And that's tax deductible, correct? Absolutely. What else would you like to talk about? Okay. The other item I'd like to share with our listening audience out there today was a hearing, a testimony I went to this past Wednesday over at John A. Logan College. And basically this is concerned with providing access to health care for all Illinoisans. A few years ago, I was out in the community petitioning to get the Bernadine Amendment considered as an amendment to the Illinois Constitution pursuing this goal. What is the Bernadine Amendment? Okay, the Bernadine Amendment is essentially what this is about, getting access to health care for all Illinoisans. Okay. And right now in Illinois, it's estimated that 1.8 million people are without health insurance. Of any Nation- kind? Yeah, of any kind. Wow. And uh, nationwide, that figure is estimated now at 46 million. In other words, uh, next year when the population of the United States hits 300 million, you're talking one person in six who is without health care insurance. And this is catastrophic. Uh, I gave one example in my testimony at this hearing on Wednesday about an elderly couple in Pickneyville I came across. They were forced to raise their own grandson, either because the parents had gone on drugs or gotten arrested or something. The elderly husband had had to go back to work. He needed $300 a month just for his medication. And then they got their water bill for the month, and it was $110. And this elderly woman was beside herself of how she was just going to afford the expenses to make a living. So that's the crunch a lot of our poor Illinoisans find themselves in. Uh, You know, do you eat? Do you take your medication? Do you get health care or do you provide, you know, care for your grandchild who's, you know, having to be raised by you now? And these are all inequities that we hope the Health Care Justice Act, if it were promulgated or put into effect by the Illinois legislature, would help out all of our citizens. So in the future, if you do have access uh, or input to your representative up in Springfield, or anybody at the local level who is considering action on this issue, I would ask you to support it because it's only when we have healthy citizens that we have productive citizens, and, you know, we need that that kind of support at the community and statewide level. Do you have the number of the bill? Okay. Uh, I do have the number here somewhere. It's called Illinois Public Act... 93-0973. And what it does is it creates the Health Care Justice Act and encourages the state of Illinois to implement a health care plan that provides access to a full range of preventative, acute, and long-term health care services. So 
this would be a big step in helping all of our citizens, not the privileged few who manage to work for big corporations which do provide your health care. Most corporations and businesses in Illinois do not provide enough health care or very little at all. All we have to do is look at Walmart and, you know, with their part-time employees. And you got to remember, it was Kmart that introduced the part-time work uh, employment situation before even Walmart did. They got rid of all most of their full-time employees so they wouldn't have to pay these health care costs. And according to Fortune magazine, in 2003, health care costs went up 24% alone. I think it's gone down to less than that, but most people have to make that choice. You just cannot afford the exorbitant cost of health care, and that's why we need this bill. Where can we find more information about this bill, do you know? Okay, I have a real long website address here, so bear with me, folks. www.idph.state.il.us slash hcja slash index.il.us. HTM. Now that's a whopper of a website <laughs> address, I know, but hopefully down the road they will get a simpler address on the web and you can find out what's going on. Thank you. Thank you for coming. We will get to the news here in a moment. I'm going to play a little music because I always like playing this one. It's the sunrise ritual because the sun came out. Um, actually, I, want, I wanted to mention a little bit about the storm yesterday. Um, I took a walk with my niece um, this, um, yesterday about 1 o'clock. First of all, there was tons of rain. I live in a valley. And we walked down the driveway just to see if I could leave. And I have pictures because my driveway was under 3.5 feet of water. Okay? Now, the, the whole um, driveway was actually under about four inches of water but there was a section where it dips down that was under three and a half feet and so i waited until the rain slowed down enough and then i jumped in the truck and i zoomed across it when it was about a foot deep and then i drove to town that was about i don't know 6 p.m yesterday and on the way to town i went through two places on chautauqua that were about two feet deep and i have my big one-ton truck so i just hit it and just made it through i was just i well i'm cruising it's pouring rain and i didn't realize the first one and i couldn't turn around and go back because i just came through it so i kept going and hit another spot so i didn't have a choice but to keep going yeah and um you made it through. i saw people coming towards me in little cars and i was just like turn around turn yeah, around you're not going to make you fool <laughs> yeah I, I actually have my own storm story too um uh, yesterday was Thursday, and at, I was working at the neighborhood co-op, and we get our truck delivery on Thursday. And so uh, we had, uh, just because of the timing of the storm, it came, the truck delivery came right as the storm was reaching its peak. And so a few of us were out there going back and forth with loads of, you know, groceries and such for the new delivery. And it was pouring, and there, there was this waterfall coming off the roof of the building, like, you know, where the rain gutter is. There was just so much rain, it created a giant waterfall. It couldn't all go in the gutter. And I was so wet that my, my uh, jeans jacket is still wet today. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So yep. a very big store, very exciting. So I guess we talked enough through that. Now we can go to the news. We, we've had some local news, but I think we need to go to nationwide news because it affects us too. Can we sue them for label? The House passes an industry-beloved food labeling bill. I actually need the second page to say what the date was because it says yesterday. So March 7th, they passed this bill. The House of Representatives stood up to powerful business lobby to protect public health and safety. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, um, actually, just yanking your chain. Actually, the House approved by 283 to 139 an industry-backed bill that would wipe out over 200 state laws requiring safety and warning labels on foods. Noting the presence of uh, factor uh, cancer-causing ingredients, for example, that's one of them. And establish a weaker national standard. States would have to petition federal regulators to retain tougher laws. Several of the legislation's major supporters have, believe it or not, close ties to the food industry. Take, for example, House Majority Whip Roy Blunt, Republican of Missouri, whose wife lobbies for Altria, the parent company of Kraft Foods. Quote, It's a perfect storm of insider access, big money, and bad policies, said Andy Ingrius of the National Environmental Trust. The measure now moves to the Senate, where it's expected to face stiffer opposition. So straight to the source, San Francisco Chronicle, the 9th of March, and MSNBC Associated Press, the 8th of March, 2006. Yes. And here we have, in other news, related to our good friends at Walmart, <laughs> I never promised you a community garden. Largest community garden in the U.S. to get evicted for a Walmart warehouse. L.A.'s South Central Community Garden, the largest and oldest such garden in the U.S. and a food source for more than 300 low-income families, sits on private property. Big mistake. Now, the property owner's plans to evict the growers and build a Walmart warehouse on that land. The fate of the garden seems straightforward, but the backstory is complex. And they have an article about this. It's the, from the Los Angeles City Beat. But the big news, community garden, one of the biggest and oldest in the country, getting evicted to be replaced by a Walmart warehouse. Okay, enough depressing news. It seems like nearly every day there's some new evidence of global warming. <laughs> enough, yeah, right, yes. depressing news. To which the burning of fossil fuels is a huge contributor. Of course, we all know that recently, President Bush acknowledged in his State of the Union address that America is addicted to oil. Yes, so he's, which stage of the 12-step program is he at? Did we decide two or three now? I think we almost said three because he's actually talking about doing stuff about it. I think it was two and a half maybe. Okay, okay. <laughs> twelve. Is it 10-step or 12-step? I think 12-step. Let's make it 12 so it's a little easier to do. The, the Oil Addicts Anonymous, the 12-step program. Bush has completed step two and a quarter. Yes. And, and sadly, Dick Cheney is his sponsor. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, Bush said that he's America's addicted to oil. Now, it turns out a whopping 82% of Americans already believed as much, <laughs> according to a Fox News poll. <laughs> You saw, now, that is good news in my mind. You know, <laughs> yes. Even a Fox News poll of the American people. 
came out with that information. 82% already believed it, so Bush is just, you know, following the addicts. So, both reds and blues go green on energy. With high fuel prices and instability in the Middle East, Americans are increasingly concerned about the nation's energy solution. I said solution. Situation. Situation. (laughs) We're concerned about the solution, which is nukes. (laughs) Okay. In January, 58% rated dealing with the nation's energy problem a top priority, up from 47% a year ago and 40% in January of 2003, according to new research and poll analysis from the nonpartisan Pew Resource center so we care yes <laughs> do so we care enough to do something about it i really don't know but let's see but let's hope so all i know is today it's sunny and at my house i'm cranking out the power because that's I, I i almost believe i'm actually a modern day sun worshiper <laughs> that could be it's like i don't what is it um decapitate virgins <laughs> but um yeah, I am definitely a modern-day sun worshiper because my TV is solar-powered. Yes. <laughs> we'll see you again next week. I hope this has been an exciting and informative half-hour of your community spirit. Yes. I almost said hour and a half. Hour and a half. Not today. Because <laughs> of last hour. week. Well, yeah. So, uh, once again, if you're uh, interested in supporting or contacting Green Earth, their P.O. Box number is 441 here in Carbondale, 62903. And if you want to listen to this show or miss part of it, you can go to our website, which is yourcommunityspirit.org, and download it, plus we podcast it. And I forgot, somewhere on there, there's a podcast thing for the governor. Oh, yeah, that's all. I I think it's at the very bottom. You want to give that yeah, address so you can real quick? listen qu- to the, the Lieutenant Governor. Lieutenant Governor's podcast at standingupforillinois.org slash news slash podcast.php so that's it have a good day stay energized and stay warm